Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Devin. With me are my two favorite co-hosts on planet Earth, Luke Beer and Sterling Carroll. How are we doing, guys? What's going on, Amazing. boys? It's good to be back, dude. The hiatus was a criminal, but it is, uh, once again, one of my favorite times of the week. And it is long overdue. I've missed this. I've missed it a lot. We... we- we had a well-deserved break with our hollow weekend. Got some, got some stuff out of our system. We're ready to become some go back to degenerate activities of gambling away our well-earned wages. You know, it's uh, it was good. We got a little spooky. Did a little uh, world traveling. Um, decided to talk to the Lord. It was a good weekend for everybody, I think. Uh, and then yeah, we're back to talk about sports, talking about. Not betting advice, fantasy advice, and just, you know, shooting the shit with the boys. It's going to be good. Yeah, this week yeah. we're going to be talking a little bit little bit of Thursday Night Football, a little hoop talk, a little trade deadline stuff, and uh, whatever's on Sterling Carroll's mind. What's on Not mind? too much. The only thing on my mind is this dumbass game we're going to watch tomorrow. The Houston oh, Texans. It's another beauty. I'm not excited. I mean, don't get it confused with the World Series matchup. It's kind of kind of a fun coincidence that you know Houston Texans and uh, the Eagles, and we got our uh, a nice World Series going on playing out in the MLB world. Little little Astros, no hitting them Phillies. Hey, second all time and first combined no hitter in World Series history. We got we got a hell of a series here going on. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for uh, for McCullers tipping off his pitches, they, we'd actually maybe a little more lopsided. But I bet Mattress Mac is a little happy now that it's a little even. Good yeah, for I mean, Mattress you know, Mac, uh, dude. Uh, yeah, I was, I was told Sterling this earlier before we uh, started recording. Um, Mattress Mac was talking. He's like, "Yeah, I put ten million dollars on the Astros to win, but I made over fifty million in sales this year alone. So I'm not too mad if I lose." And I'm like, "That is the biggest flex ever. That he doesn't give a shit if he loses ten mil. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna make that money ma- like fivefold anyways. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm like, dude, dude's, dude's just, a legend. Dude's He's a built different. Period. I don't understand how there's just no anxiety. My my FanDuel account for the first time in two years." Hit zero. I had a ten dollar bet uh, to see if I was going to hit zero or not, and that was the most anxiety I think I had had all week. And uh, <laughs> and that's for ten dollars, you know. Like, and Mattress Mac is throwing around ten million. I have nothing but the utmost respect for that legend. Yeah, I mean, it's just pocket change, like ten bucks is or kind of that kind of thing. And for Mattress Mac, he doesn't even know what ten dollars is anymore. That dude's just the goat. <laughs> Dude wipes his ass with ten dollar bills, ten dollar parlay props. Probably does just to make everybody feel bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, so leading off this week for our uh, for a debut segment, we're gonna be talking something a little spooky. Uh, we're little, we're getting over the Halloween hangover, and we need to know if. These NFL teams made it through October or not, and are they dead? It's going to be a, a, a segment this week. Uh, we're going to be asking you the simple question if these NFL franchises are dead. What do you guys like? I'm probably just going to say dead to all of them, but let's get going. They're probably all dead. <laughs> all right, first, first organization. Ready for a coffin? I propose the Las Vegas Raiders. Are dead. they dead? Dead. <laughs> Big dead. So disrespectful. Hey, I... I don't know, man. The Raiders, uh, they got the facilities, but they just can't get their shit together, and I don't understand it. I understand they're in a competitive division, and, I mean, you add Devontae into an already... It's kind of decent wide receiving core. You already got Renfro there too. And then Darren Waller's a good option. Um, and then your backfield solid Josh Jacobs putting up great numbers this year. And Derek Carr is a good franchise quarterback for them. Um, but them getting smoked by New Orleans last week. Um, that's uh that's gotta be a lot of warning bells going off there in Vegas. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I'm not. I don't want to deem them dead yet. I really don't. Uh, however, that was possibly the worst Raiders game I've watched in the last like five years. It was it was awful. The Raiders didn't get past midfield, the fifty yard line, until halfway into the fourth quarter. It against the Saints off uh, Saints defense that not great. The whole entire Saints roster banged up. Really, really, really hard game for me to watch. Um, McDaniel's really needs to get his shit together. Um, I am not completely ready for them to call him dead, considering they have one of the best receivers in the NFL still on offense. They have a great tight end coming back. Uh, Matt Collins looks like a decent number two. Ronda Renfro still getting healthy. Derek Carr, it's the same narrative every year, getting Getting the slander. Oh, he's not even Devontae Adams can elevate Derek Carr. Derek Carr can very easily run off three of four wins, a three out of four, and be declared a top 10 quarterback in the NFL by a lot of guys again. Oh, Derek Carr's underrated all of a sudden. Uh, it's the same thing every year. Uh, I'm not ready to write them off. I I personally have to see if they're competitive, if the game is either a blowout or competitive against Jacksonville. And then I would be ready to write them off, but I can't just yet, just because I'm a fan. I kind of take my statement back on them being entirely dead. I will say, just because they've kept every single game this year close and losing by one possession, and yeah, totally didn't expect them to get shut out by the Saints this past Sunday with them just messing up the Houston Texans last week. I just no one's seen it coming. Um, they have a great offense and it's just, it sucks that Darren Waller's out and hopefully he comes back real soon. Hopefully this weekend and Hunter Renfro as well. I don't know. There's some hope there, but definitely a hard game to see this weekend. Yeah, I know. I know we didn't have a fast four segment since we didn't have a show on, on Friday, but going into that game, honestly, Raiders minus one and a half was probably my favorite line of all the games going into that that Sunday, and I can't believe what I watched. It was so embarrassing, and it, I would have I would have been here on Friday raving about how disrespectful that line is, and I can't believe that they got shut out, and and it was that bad against New Orleans. Yeah, we got to find the middle ground we, here. Yeah, especially after uh, what we saw with Andy Dalton against Arizona. Like, not it. So I'm not ready to call them dead, but they are very close. They're in the coffin, in my opinion. In, uh, I'd, I'd agree. Using a spectrum of the DEFCON levels for uh, you know military threats, DEFCON 5 being nothing, DEFCON 1, nuclear war. We got the Raiders, I'm going to put that at DEFCON 2. They're ready. They know that it's it might happen. It's looking scary. Um, they're not dead the war, at DEFCON 1. The warheads one, are pointed. The, the, the warheads, warheads are locked are and loaded. Their <laughs> buttons primed and ready to press. Um, I think they hit DEFCON 1 if they lose badly to Jacksonville this week. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll take that. As an unbiased Raiders fan, I accept that that criticism, and I think that's fair. Ooh. Moving on, I propose to a team that I think is going to blow out everybody every single week. I, I say it on the podcast every single every single week. Um, I propose, are the Cincinnati Bengals dead? Ooh. I don't even know how to start this one. It's getting scary in Cincy. It's... It's like a DEFCON 3 in Cincy. I'm going to use that for the rest of these. I like that. Um, the de- I think it's there's, it's starting to get scary down there. Um, if Joe Burrow can't get protected, he can't do jack shit down there. Um, the Still wide receiving the league in production. Passing he does, um, but I think there's just not enough consistency. Their defense isn't doing well. Um, and after the performance against Cleveland on Monday, um, I mean, this is not a Cincy team we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you drop a game or two. That's not the end of the world. Uh, but losing in that fashion to a Browns team that's in shambles currently. And 
losing in the fashion they did and the way they've been playing so inconsistently this season. Um, they need to start getting it together here because we're about halfway through the season and you can't be dropping games like this to teams that you know you're better than, um, especially getting beat that badly. Um, so let's say from the five to one, they're definitely a three. There's definitely some worry to be had there, but no need to start uh, loading the nukes up yet. But it's definitely a... Uh, it's it's starting to get sketchy down there uh, on the Ohio River. Hey, to their to their defense, it it is a rivalry game that they went and played in Cleveland, so that's always like a toss up whenever you deal with these these division games. But the way they went out was like pretty embarrassing. Um, yeah, exactly. And big point you made in the beginning: they just have to project or protect Joey B. They have got to protect him. There's just no way he should be under that much pressure um, with an upgraded O-line, so we thought. Protecting Joe Burrow aside, um, watching that Cleveland versus Cincinnati matchup, they they didn't get a push on the run game either. Their offensive line has underperformed drastically. I know... I know offensive line is so much about chemistry and trusting the, the guy to your left and your right to, you know, get a chip on a guy and make sure you can get to the second level because those those initial blocks and getting to the second level is what turns in the NFL a two-yard gain into 15, 20-plus. I, I didn't see any of it. it, it they looked so disconjointed on the line, um, and Burrow was under constant duress the entire game. It was really weird and not easy to predict for how that Monday night matchup turned out. Um, I'm not ready to call Cincinnati Bengals dead. They're 4-4. Four and four. They're doing okay. It's just kind of a threat that the Ravens look pretty solid at sitting at the top of the division at 5-3. and three. The lucky thing is, is that the Browns still outside of that win against Cincinnati looked pretty terrible the rest of the year and... Pittsburgh's a bottom five team in the league, in my opinion. So they should be okay sitting sitting at second in their uh, in their division for now. So I don't think they're close to being dead. Um, I would put them at DefCon two beer, um, or four. How that works? Five being one is correct. one is nuclear war. Five is we're chilling. All right, we'll put them at four. There should be worry because you don't want to see that against a uh, a division rival. Um, and the offensive line does look very disconjointed to me. Not letting Joe uh, Joe Mixon until like two weeks ago was averaging under three yards a carry. I think he's just above three now. Um, I think that has a lot to do with the line. So I think if they clean up some of those um, those worries once they hit their bye next week, it'll be smooth sailing for the rest of the year for them. So I think they're very much well and alive. Yeah, and I'd have to I'd have to tell you there. I think DefCon five, four is a good area to have them. Fair enough. I'm liking this DefCon system. This is gonna be good. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about another favorite of ours. The Indianapolis Colts. Oh they dead? shit! I wouldn't say favorite. Um. Maybe. Colts are definitely DEFCON 2, if not smacking the hell out of the DEFCON 1 button. Um, I bad. am just pretty much scrapping the season as is. Uh, after we fired on the trade deadline day, sent away our RB2, who mm, was best great, back on the was roster. pissed at us. Mm, best uh, running back on the roster. Sent him away for a sixth rounder and Zach Moss, who hasn't done a damn thing all year. And then fired our offensive coordinator. I didn't even know we had an offensive coordinator. I thought it was just Frank Reich calling the shots. And it's just chaos in Indy. Um, I mean, QB situation's an absolute shit show. The O-line is just in shambles. Our receiving core's pissed. Our defense is pissed. I mean, it's it's DEFCON 2, if not defcon one here and we're going in new england this sunday and i'm expecting the colts to get smacked in the mouth and i mean this franchise is just it's just 
as a Colts fan, I'm going to be as biased Colts fan who is angry at the way this franchise is performing this season with arguably top two running back in the league. Usually, except this year, because he's been shit since our O-line's terrible and he can't even get an opening anywhere. He's just been getting smacked. Um, Colts are a big, big, big trouble until we can get a quarterback and a front office that can figure out what the hell they're doing. Um, Colts are DEFCON 2, if not already launching the missiles. I'm launching the missiles with the Colts. Everything you said is perfectly valid for their situation. They've put themselves in really um yep there's not much to say about that i'm sorry beer they're they're pretty dead right now i've already scrapped this season man i'm just calling it quits right now i'm just gonna see hopefully they can develop sam uh ellinger a little bit and see if he can have anything come to fruition but other than that man it's just the colts can't figure it out and it'll be a damn miracle if they win the afc south Yeah, emphasis on miracle. Um, I say the Colts are beyond dead. They're they are six feet under at the moment. Dirt's already over them in the coffin, and I expect Luke Beer to be attending their funeral service come Thanksgiving. Um, they're gone. Yeah. They're horrible. They're <laughs> it's it's bad. Uh, I Going in. firing of the offensive coordinator. The the front office doing some very questionable moves deciding to put their faith into Sam Ellinger, um, who didn't play awful, but uh, no touchdowns thrown this last week, uh, no picks, just very, very average. Um, And average ain't going to cut it for a team that really needs a quarterback to lift them up. Uh, And Sam Ellinger isn't that dude. Uh, Don't see the Colts coming back anytime soon um, with Sam Ellinger. Um, So yeah, I, I expect uh, beer to be at their funeral yeah. service um, and getting a very heartfelt, trust your gut, sayonara to the Indianapolis Colts and looking for a top 10 pick in the NFL draft this next year. Draft Marvin yeah, Harrison yeah. Jr. Ooh. That or we just, I don't even, I don't even know. We need somebody, man, because this is, I can't keep doing this year in year out. We've had eight quarterbacks in seven years. Like I'm just, I'm going to lose it. They need to figure yeah. out something. But this season, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to give it DEFCON 2 just because I am I have biased hope. Um, but if you are the average watching Colts from outside in, you're probably DEFCON 1 sitting in the bunker already, just going to wait it out until this whole shitstorm blows over. That's not pretty. It's real ugly down there in Indy. Fourth, fourth up in the obituary, um, I would like to propose a question. Are the Green Bay Packers dead? They will be after week 10. After the Colts. Week 10? Or after, not, not after the Colts. After the Cowboys. Yeah! Whoop, whoop that ass. If, let's just say yeah. this. The if Cowboys lose this week, That's not fair. But, okay, here. If the Lions beat them this week, they are dead. They are completely yeah. dead. Yep. Right now, there is that there is that small hope. I don't I can give two shits about the Packers, but there is that that small hope that they could be picking it up here on out. Mm-hmm. But I'd kind of lie in that middle ground. We'll say DeathCon 3 for the Packers. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's getting ugly down uh, up there at Lambeau for Raji and the boys. Um, their offense is kind of stripped. Um, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon can't seem to get anything going. Rodgers has been playing some of the worst football we've seen out of him in a long time. Um, good thing the NFC North is an absolutely terrible division, but I mean it's uh, sitting at three and five in second place. Yeah, behind a Vikings team that seems to be rolling. Uh, I mean it's. I also agree. I think they're at DEFCON 3. Uh, DEFCON 2, for sure, if they lose to the Lions this Sunday. Um, but it's uh, it's getting ugly up there in Lambeau, for sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was selling last week at, uh, pretty much all I had with Green Bay. Um, and I don't think I'm ready to call them officially dead. They're not at DEFCON 1, but I would put them at DEFCON 2. 
Like it's it, it, it's real rough. Aaron Rodgers ain't ain't playing the same this year. And three and five against a not tough beginning of the schedule. Um, they're three and a half point favorites this week on the road in Detroit. Um, and honestly, I don't like that spread. I don't know if they win this week, uh, even though the lines are are selling quite a bit. Um, it's it's just real ugly up there uh, for the Cheeseheads, and uh, I don't I, I don't love them. I, it's it's such an incomplete roster. Their defense is all right, um, but I mean, when when faced with a tough opponent like Buff, like Buffalo. Uh, Jair can't stop Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is him. Um, it's there's just not something on their roster that screams to me this can save them. Um, that used to always be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can save them, but this year he's just not. He can't elevate that terrible of a wide receiver core. Um, I, I put him in Defcon too. It's it's tough. I think the most. I'm just thinking the most surprising thing here is that they made no moves for a wide receiver yeah, for the trade deadline. What, what is they their were deal? Fast asleep. Yeah, it's been the uh, same way every every year. For the every last, year between trade for the last decade and drafting, they just can't seem to figure out that they need to get a good wide receiver there. I mean, it, this is repeated, like every. It seems like a vicious cycle. I mean, uh, for. Those of us who watch the Pat McAfee show, um, uh, shit, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Ty Schmidt, uh, from the toxic table there for Pat McAfee. He's a big, he's actually a part owner of the Green Bay Packers. Um, and every year this happens and I just see this man like wanting to just lose his mind and just give up on life because the Packers can't seem to get a wide receiver. Like there were so many good receivers on the market this year. Um, and I, I just, I'm just baffled that the Packers have yet again, failed to acquire somebody to go up there. It's, it's so bad. I saw a clip, um, this, what this last week of, uh, when McCarthy was a head coach years back. Um, and a reporter asked him, uh, what it was like for the trade deadline around this time of year uh, in the in their clubhouse, and Mike McCarthy responded by asking if he thought it, uh, if if the trade deadline was this week or the next week. And they're like, no, it's this week. And he was like, that's how it is around here, and it hasn't changed. Uh, there, there's just no no movement. It's they can't get Aaron any help. Um, even the lowly rebuilding Chicago Bears were able to trade for Chase Claypool. It, it's bad. I, I and not very hopeful for the Packers this weekend. I mean, if once Rodgers retires, they're going to have Jordan Love as their starting QB, and Green Bay is going to be a bottom five Ooh. team in the league. Horrible. Jordan Love ain't it? It's going to get ugly up there. Yeah, no, it's going to get it's going to get uglier than it is now up there. It's going to be a dark times for the Green Bay Packers loyal. Alrighty, last but not least for the segment, um, I would like to propose for the coffin. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So dead. dead. DEFCON 5. Nope. DEFCON 1. Dead, dead, dead. Nukes everywhere. Nuclear winter. Nuclear holocaust. Dead, dead, dead. I... I'm baffled by the way this team has performed this year. They look so damn terrible with supposedly the greatest quarterback of all time. And I'm going to be crazy biased because A, I just don't like Tom Brady as a Colts fan. B, I think Peyton Manning is my God. And three, they just look terrible. They have great offensive weapons. Their O-line's awesome. Their D-line's awesome. And they just can't figure it out and they are losing games that should easily be winnable they made me look like a damn genius against pittsburgh as 10 point favorites and they lost outright they lost outright to carolina bad like tampa bay is terrible tom brady's divorced it is shambles in florida 
I can't figure it out. This team is so nuclear dead. Oh my god! They are You're... sitting at they're they're sitting at three and five in second place in the worst nuclear division in dead. football. Behind who? Atlanta. Yeah, four and four. That shouldn't even be happening. What is going on, man? This is <laughs> Tampa Bay blows my mind. They're such an enigma. I, I don't have much to say about these guys. I don't know what the hell's going down in Tampa Bay, but um, it could. I hate to bring it it bring it up, but like the divorce could just be the main culprit here. Like Tom just doesn't look like Tom at all. Um, I'm gonna put him at. He's an angry elf. I'm gonna put him at DefCon too, and it's kind of like the same. Yeah, angry elf. <laughs> He's but, an angry uh, elf this this week. I'm gonna put Tampa Bay at DefCon two. Um, same same thing as with the Packers. If if the Bucks lose this week to the Rams, they're looking at three and six. That's tough. That's tough to come by. Um, yeah, DefCon two for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm gonna put Tampa right in the middle. I'm I'm saying they're DefCon three. I'm not ready to I'm not I'm not ready to call them extremely dead yeah, for I the sole reason that the sorry. NFC the NFC South is by far the worst division in football. Um it this is this reminds me a lot of that uh six uh, seven win Washington commanders team that made the playoffs uh in the NFC East a few years ago. I believe that was twenty nineteen. I was that when that division was that bad. We that can get a, a very similar situation uh, in the NFC South this year with the losing record team making playoffs. Um, it's it's not good. Um, but if Tom is in in the playoffs, I wouldn't bet against him. Uh, he he's still Tom. I I am very disappointed in Beer putting supposedly in front of the Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time because he is undoubtedly the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm biased, Sumi. You know that's how it's going to be with every Colts fan on earth. I understand, but there's no debate. He's still the GOAT, and uh, if Tristan Wirfs and those boys on the line can give Tom a little bit more time, I I think they'll be fine. Personally. Yeah, I just... I just like seeing Tom Brady fail. So it's uh that's why I got heated. But you know, I'm I might swing it back to two a little bit. It's just really funny seeing uh the, the Bucks uh be this bad, especially with seeing Tom Brady just kick the shit out of the Colts for the first ten years of my life. Fair enough. Yeah, two or three probably. Well, I'm ready to move on from uh these borderline dead teams. You guys ready? Oh yeah. All right, let's talk some uh trade deadline. Some uh moves surprise you or lack of moves surprise you? We can talk a little bit more about Green Bay's lack of movement if you'd like. Number 1. Number 1. I think the best trade that was made is the Vikings grabbing TJ Hawkinson. What I in the hell? I don't get it. What the hell? I mean, you don't get it. I don't under why well, it's I don't understand on Detroit's end of this. Like why give away a great tight end to a division rival? Like what is the thought process there? And for like yeah, great move for Minnesota. What the hell's Detroit doing? Like they already have a struggling offense and getting rid of a key playmaker to a division rival of all teams. Like I it's it was the most baffling trade. Like I couldn't understand getting rid of him for other draft capital and maybe another good tight end or a wide receiver or something. But like I just on Detroit's end, it makes no sense to me. But kudos to Minnesota for pulling this one off because that's a good move for them. I I do love this trade for the Vikings. Um, I don't hate it for Detroit because I think inside that building. They don't love TJ Hawkinson as much as they would need to pay him after this offseason. Um, Detroit would have to put up a bag for TJ Hawkinson after this year. I believe his contract is up after this year. And getting, uh, did they get a first for him? 
Was it a first? I do not remember. I think it was a second and a third. A fifth? Second and a third? Second and, second and, a, second and a fourth. I'm going to I want to double got, check that. They got a couple picks from regardless. Um they don't need uh they won't have to pay him and uh they're kind of in the Bryce Young CJ Stroud sweepstakes and being able uh being able to draft them after this year, uh study under Goff for a year and then move them along like Alex Smith. That's kind of that's kind of what the Detroit Lions I feel like are trying to do. Um so I don't hate it, but I do love the Vikings going all in. Um the NFC looks real weak right now, and being able to go all in on a huge red zone target because Adam Thielen ain't what he used to be is great. I mean, there's another guy that can attack the middle of the field, take some of the stress off of Justin Jefferson a slight bit, and just be that presence in the red zone. Great move. Hopefully a primetime Kirk Cousins doesn't fuck it up. So yeah. with... So with that trade for TJ, um, the Lions got a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick. Second out of third is pretty good for not having for not having to pay him after this year. Getting something in return, not awful. But yeah, it's it, it's it does suck that I... it's within the division. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. Honestly, after hearing that, I agree with you. It's not the worst decision um, for Detroit. At the end of the day, I still just yeah, inner division. I just I I I can't find a reason to agree with that. Yeah, did um, the one I didn't really expect was Calvin Ridley to the Jags. That came out of nowhere. Yeah, that that was interesting. That was a very weird trade. Very strange. It's also funny because it was uh, the bet that Calvin Ridley placed to get suspended was against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, which was pretty ironic. Um, Pretty funny. I mean, hey, uh, they're they're not looking too hot this year either, even though they they look competitive, which is a good step. Um, Adding Calvin Ridley for the following season is kind of a good thing for them. Um, I don't hate it. I I just thought that was a very strange and kind of ironic trade. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. They got Calvin Ridley and gave the Falcons a 2023 fifth round and a 2024 second, but those are conditional amongst some other things. Um, I think that's, I know Ridley's good, but I feel like that's somewhat of a high asking price considering he's been suspended this season and the picks are conditional upon when he gets reinstated. And if there's certain, uh, winning percentages games, they win, um, like it's, there's a lot of stuff like Calvin really likes to do gambling on whether or not, uh, he and Jacksonville get their shit in one sock. So, I mean, that's a, that's kind of a big move there for Atlanta. Um, I mean, it's nice to get the baggage dumped off and clear up the wide receiver room and maybe he'll be a good asset there in Jacksonville. But this one, I don't necessarily understand, but I don't hate it for Jacksonville either. What are your guys' opinions on the Chase Claypool trade? That one shocked me. Good for the Bears. Good for them. Good for the Bears. I thought I thought he was going to Green Bay. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of did too. I, I thought, I he thought was Green Bay was gonna do something. Him. I thought yeah, I thought was, Judy was gonna end up in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean there was there was talks of Judy going there, Claypool, Brandon Cooks possibly because he was on the market. I mean there Ugh. were a plethora, and of course Brandon Cooks didn't move anywhere, and I was kind of banking on that. Also, can we talk about Kareem Hunt not getting dealt? I Dude, really I'm, thought Hunt was gonna get sent somewhere. The way I'm that they played him that. and used him on Monday. Yeah, I thought he Does was it, out of the. I thought he was out of the barn for sure. I don't. I don't understand their plan there. Uh, curious to know what exactly happens if he's going to play more or if what they're going to do with him after the season. Like, I, I'm so curious to know what the Browns are thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, giving some lifeblood to that 
Now, kind of striving Justin Fields' offense. I mean, they're far from being any good, but they are taking steps in the right direction. They've put up a few a uh, few points the last few weeks, and uh, Fields looks all right. So adding Chase Claypool is just kind of a bonus for uh, for that team, taking steps towards relevancy eventually. Um, I kind of like it for Chicago. Good for the Bears. Kind of proud of those guys. Yeah, I'm excited to see how he works up there in Chicago. Yeah, me too. Personally, I think the the biggest trade and biggest talking point for me um, for this trade deadline were the Miami Dolphins are in. They are so in, and that was the most brilliant trade. I think that was awesome. Um, Grabbing Bradley Chubb, to a pass rush that I believe is bottom five in the league in sacks. I believe they have 16 sacks on the year. Um, not enough. Adding Bradley Chubb is huge. They are not going away. Um, whenever Tua's playing without uh, with an actual brain in his head, um, they're pretty good. Um, and having um, more pass rush is awesome. Um I don't. I don't think they gave up too much for him. Uh, they're they're just all in, and I think they have a lot of confidence in their coach. They have a confidence in Tua taking steps forward this year. Um, they're they have two receivers in the top five of the league in passing yards. Um, they're great. Um, I'm very uh, excited for what the season has uh, to unfold in the AFC East. Yeah, and one of the one of the pieces Denver got from that trade. Yep, one of the pieces Denver got from from the Dolphins there was a first round pick in Chase Edmonds, which is pretty huge. Adding Chase Edmonds to that offense is going to help them quite a bit. Melvin Gordon doesn't seem to be it down there, so uh, it would be nice to have a little bit of speed back um, at running back. Another one I. Th- didn't really understand trade wise was Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs. Didn't really understand it. Hey, good move. Dude's a he's quick. Um, but they they already have McColl, they have Juju, Travis Kelsey's a dog. Um I know I'm forgetting a couple other guys at receiver, but they just looked pretty solid and got by. In Skymore, yeah. So they looked pretty solid at receiver. I just didn't really understand adding another one. Maybe they're thinking to, I don't know, trade or let go some of the receivers they have right now just to build a solid core. Who knows? Yeah, I didn't necessarily get that either because I feel like Juju and um, and Mahomes are finally actually having some chemistry. I think they're finally starting to click, and he's leaning on Juju a little bit more recently. Um, I like I like Juju in that offense. Um but I think Andy Reid seeing a first-round talent and giving up a third-round third pick, I believe it was a third-round pick for him. Third and Why six, not yeah. go and grab him? Because Sky Moore is not it. Uh, I, I, I don't see the the pain in adding Kadarius Tony into that locker room. They had him on a bye, get him acquainted, and see how how he looks this week. I think it's good for the uh, good for the Chiefs. Uh, they're Super Bowl contenders, they will always be Super Super Bowl contenders as long as Patrick Mahomes is behind center, um, and he will be for the next decade. Um, They're really good, Uh, and I think Kadarius Toney is just another tool in Andy Reid's belt that's good for their offense. Yeah, uh, one more trade I wanted to touch on because you maybe think of this, Devitt, when talking to Bradley Chubb to Miami. Uh, Roquan Smith to Baltimore. Um, I think that was a good move for Baltimore. Um, I think, let me read this again. They got, the bears got a second and a fifth round pick and they were also sent, uh, AJ Klein, who's a linebacker. Um, you know, Baltimore has been struggling, um, keeping themselves in games in the second half this season. Uh, their offense hasn't been able to produce and their defense hasn't been able to stop in the second half. Uh, Roquan Smith is a dog. And I think he's going to make an instant impact on that Baltimore defense um, Top three for the asking price. And especially him going to be wanting a big contract at some point, getting him on your side before that happens. Um, 
I think that was a good move for Baltimore for sure. He's a top three middle linebacker in the league. Totally agree. Easy. All right. Any other trades you guys have on your mind ready to, uh, that you want to talk about, or should we move on to Thursday Night Football? Other than Naheem Hines breaking my heart, uh, that's about it. Enough of the Colts. I'm ready to talk Philly-Houston. We honestly don't ever need to talk about them again. I'm fine with that. <laughs> they just hurt my soul every week. All righty. Well, tomorrow we have um, not a great matchup, but but a good one for uh, for sports bettors out there. Uh, I believe this is the biggest spread in a primetime game this year uh, at minus 14 for Philly. Philly's looking real hot. And Houston seems frustrated. Um, I'm ready for Philly to kind of just stomp on Houston this week. I think that 14 is very respectable. I think they kind of hit it on the nose, just like they did with the Bills and the Packers spread. Um, I think Vegas knows their stuff, and 14 is a really scary line, and I think it's pretty accurate. So big. So many points. It's a lot of points. Yeah, and for some reason, I kind of see it's going to be a, a lot of points for the Eagles being scored tomorrow, but I kind of see this one going under. I don't know if you really? guys. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that might cause a little bit of a stir, but I mean, the line is sitting at 45 and a half. I don't see the Texans scoring more than 10 points this game. Uh, yeah, they just don't have the offense to do it. Davis Mills I'm, has been struggling. I wouldn't be surprised with you. Um, over unders for uh, Philly this year are four and uh, four and three, uh, and for Houston the over under is three and four. So I mean we're kind of looking at a split uh, between the two. Uh, wouldn't be surprised either way if it goes over or under. Um, I wouldn't want to put that in in any way that I would be playing this week, um, but. I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Um, the uh, the Eagles are five and two against the spread, and uh, Houston's five hundred at three and three. A lot of a lot of stuff going on around Houston. Uh, that Brandon Cook situation, I do not think is great for them. That's why I don't, I don't love them covering fourteen personally. Um, A.J. Brown just went nuclear. Everything just looks like everything's clicking in Philly. They look so so brotherly lovely uh, in, the, in that nice. city. Thank you. Um, and I think Jalen Hurts has a game. Uh, I, I, I personally think they can cover 14. Um, they might just barely do it by 17, but I'm not confident in that at all. Too many points, man. That's, that's scary. And, I mean, it's yeah, with Brandon points. Cooks, I know uh, – he was list, officially listed as questionable today with a wrist injury and also a personal reason for the game tomorrow. Oh, if he's if he's questionable, he ain't playing. Um, I mean, other than that, they don't have anybody. Damian Pierce is their only offensive threat, and yeah. the only place uh, Sterling and I were watching a video on this earlier. The only place that Philly really struggles uh, defensively is on the the ground game. Uh, they're pretty bad uh, yards per carry, and they gave up a good amount to a struggling Pittsburgh team last week. Uh, so Damian Harris would be their only threat, and I'm pretty sure they can bottle that up considering they don't have any threats through the air um, yep. in Houston. But yeah, 14, man, that's just so many. And every every part of me wants to take Houston just because of how large that is, but I know in my heart that I'm going to be laying face first on the floor tomorrow night after Philly's up 28-0 at halftime, and I'm like, yeah. I told myself this is not what I wanted to do. Um, so if I have to take a side, definitely the Philly with the 14. Um, concerning Sterling's over-under, uh, I'm terrified that Philly could cover that over by themselves. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Vegas knows something. They always do. Uh. Man, I don't know. It's just this game is this. These lines stink to high hell. I can't figure this one out. And these they're so large and spread, and the under over unders at such a weird spot. Um, but trusting the gut wise, I think this is going to be a heavy run game on both sides. But uh, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Um, 
I think Devonta Smith might have a good game. Um, just because Sterling and I, again, were watching this earlier and, uh, whoever the rookie, uh, cornerback is for Houston, Derek Stingley. Yeah. Stingley. He's good. And he'll for sure be on AJ Brown. Um, so maybe see Devonta Smith's have an uptick in his production this week. Um, but again, both teams suck at run defense. Um, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, uh, Davis Mills for sure ain't going anywhere. But look at those three guys. Um, yeah, this game just stinks, man. We just can't get a good primetime game here to save our lives. Yeah. So I did want to. Not wrong. I did want to. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely not wrong. I did want to touch though. You had a lot of great points, Fear. Um, this game is definitely gonna be heavy Thank on you. the run game. I think the biggest component for that Texans offense is Damian Pierce. Who knows if he has that big game. The Eagles did add Robert Quinn. Um, see if that helps them a little bit. But um, if I'm taking any running back here, it's going to be Miles Sanders. He ranks very well against Houston. And uh, I don't usually do any time touchdown props, but if I had to, it, it would be Miles Sanders this week or tomorrow. Um, For receivers, you brought up Devontae Smith possibly having a good game. I actually think it's going to be Dallas Godair. Only because. Interesting. Only Goddard? because. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Godair. It's not Rudy. <laughs> what are you're, you doing? You're right. You're right. Hey, it was a long day. Dallas Goddard. Goddard. Yeah. Goddard's going to have a, a pretty decent game. His line sits at 46.5. Um, Houston defends okay against tight ends but i don't know i i'm i'm huge on dallas so we'll see there but i'm definitely riding with uh miles and goddard go there goddard no goddard goddard, goddard. 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 There you go. okay Bam. there we go <laughs> um well, this this is actually kind of funny. Um, I didn't I didn't look at Goddard or Devonta at all. I I was looking at AJ Brown uh, when I was looking at this game. Um, he's coming off coming off of a nuclear game. I mean, he disrespected the Steelers last week. He uh, he was awesome. Um, his line this week is at sixty nine and a half. Uh, he's hit that mark on five of the seven weeks. Um, he looks good. Um, I I don't think that he doesn't get sixty nine and a half. And um, the other two um, props that I liked were uh, Jalen Hurts over two thirty three and a half. Um, I think he gets plenty of passing yards in this in this game, uh, and two thirty three just seems really low for some reason to me. Um, partly and due to his his rushing uh, his rushing yards. But I think he can get 233 pretty easily. Um, and I actually like Jalen Hurts anytime. Um, this year he has six rushing touchdowns. Um, and he didn't score a rushing touchdown in the last two games. So a lot of averages says that he scores one this game. So I built out a little parlay before we started talking today where I had oh, uh, I had Eagles money line, Hurts anytime. Hurts over 233.5 and A.J. Brown over 69.5, and that was sitting at plus 449. Personally, I kind of like that, uh, but, you know, do what you want. Spicy. The, the like one that. thing that you could be totally right about, Devitt, is uh, Jalen Hurts anytime. He hasn't rushed into the end zone in two weeks, yeah. so he could be due. He could be due for a rushing touchdown. Um, uh, I, see averages, them, baby. I see them having a high scoring game or them scoring a lot of points. So he definitely could have two of them for himself as uh, Houston ranks pretty well against those receivers. Fair enough. Any other legs you guys like or should we uh, build a little collective squad ride? Let's get crafting. Yeah, let's craft this up. Let's scheme right. a little bit. Do some plotting. Do we want to take the over-under at all? Nope. I, don't want to touch it. I ain't touching it with a 10-foot pole. You can go for it, Sterling, but I ain't touching it. I'm going to do it. But no. Not, 
Not on my no, bitch. not for the not for the fast four. No, <laughs> okay, not okay. Oh, not for our four. T- uh, for our four. Just together. a personal choice. Um, personal choice. Can okay, for cool. our for our all agreeing one? Can we take like Philly money line? Because like they win this game, right? Like there's no way they lose this game. Yeah, I ain't touch a fourteen, but I'll take that for sure. I'll All take right, it. I'm fine with my line. But it's cool. minus eight twenty. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's it's risk free. I get it, but I mean, I kind of want to. I kind of want to win a lay. I, we haven't won a lay in a while. Thoughts on buying down to six and a half? I am totally okay with that. I'm well, alright. Well, what's the odds on six and a half? Let's find out, shall we? Please, please do. Scheming, scheming, scheming. I would um, think around like two forty. No, no, like three fifty. Oop, that's really? the wrong team. Two sixty-five. Hmm. Okay, I like that. I'll take. I'll take minus six and a half. I'm very. Think about that sterling crew. I think that's fair game. That is fair game. So we'll do that instead of the money line. Perfect. So that way Sterling's panties don't get in a bunch. Actually, I can't say that's 2022, but so he doesn't get mad. So yeah, he doesn't bro. get triggered? Huh. Yeah, I'm so triggered right now. If my dad's listening, I know uh, he is. <laughs> do you want to lead us off for the first leg then? All right. Um, not a whole lot that I really want to touch with this game this week. Um, but just looking at everything face value, I mean, man, this is tough. I'd say probably go Damian Pierce over 64 and a half is going to be mine. I think that with a banged up Brandon Cooks, Houston's just going to be feeding him the ball all night long. They're not going to have any other choice or anyone else to give it to. And Philly's still not great at defending the run. Um, I just, I don't want to touch right. any of the receiving props. And I know you hate it, Devitt. I, I don't love that. I really don't love it. I might hey, revise. I'll squad right. You guys it's for the squad choose. right. I might revise based on what y'all okay. choose, but that's my looking at it first glance is what I'm going to go with. Okay. So, like, do you have your leg that you're you're sure on or no? Yes. I have a risky one. Both of them are risky. Go oh. for it. Okay. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty split. I would be okay with either. Um, Miles Sanders, anytime. Or... Okay. I know you guys don't like this one. Dallas Goddard 46 and a half. You are psychotic. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, 46 and a half is his over under. Trust. <sighs> That's so high. Trust. Man, we How many times just has he gone over that mark? each other this week. <laughs> How many times has he gone over that mark? I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna a, be civil. I I think we should take the uh, Jalen Hurts anytime. Personally, for my for my line, I like that one the best. But I mean, you guys are being so like risky with yours. I feel like I need to do Jalen Hurts over two thirty three. We are half. being kind of silly. Look, the reason why I chose it is because he's hit this in the last five of his seven games he's played this season, mm-hmm. and. Houston's probably going to keep the Eagles receivers tame for the most part. What was his line last it's week? It's going to be a heavy run. What did he, how many yards? Yeah. 64. And he had six targets. And he has, he averages six targets a week. You know, honestly, such a sweat. I, after I threw my little tantrum, I don't hate that anymore. I don't love it, but it's, I don't hate it. It's sweaty. It's sweaty, and I knew it. It's risky. So if you want to take Jalen Hurts anytime, I'm all, I'm also okay with that. We can just scrap the Miles Sanders one. 
Um, I'll do. I'll play it safe. I'll do Jalen Hurts over two thirty-three and a half just to play it safe for us. Um, if someone else, if you want to do an anytime touchdown score, throw it in. I'll I'll stay safe from the Jalen Hurts thing, even though I do like it. I'm going to revise and take Miles Sanders rushing over at 79 and a half. Wow. Okay. He averages just over that. So our squad ride is Miles Sanders over uh, not Damian Pierce. Not Damian Pierce. No, he's gone. Okay, so we're doing Miles Sanders over Jalen Hurts over passing yards and Goddard over passing uh, receiving yards. Damn yes, it. sir. And we did an alternate alternate line of Philly minus six and a half. Yes, I'm okay that's with that. it. Five ninety four. Look at that. All right, cool. All right, wait. Before we uh, solidify this squad right here, what do we think? I'm getting really conflicted because I hate all these props. What if I switch the Sanders to Hertz over 41 and a half rush? Mm-mm. Do you uh, like the Sanders better? Because I think I do, but Sanders yeah. is so high. Sanders is high. Um, he just hasn't. He hasn't been rushing too much. Like at least last week, he he looked like he wanted to throw more, and that could be their their going forward scheme. For the, I mean, for some games like this. Yeah, I don't love the Sanders, but I mean, I lo- I like it more than than Hertz rushing yards this week, personally. Yeah, Hertz has only broken forty rush yards in one of his last five. I'm not going to touch that. Yeah. All right, I'm good at locking in. Y'all locking it in? Let's do it. Lock it in. Yeah, Beautiful. you know what? Let's do it. Lock All righty. Last but not least, what we love to do, finish it up on this podcast, a little hoop talk. Gotta get hoop some talk. Talk. Hoop talk. Still any opinions on Ime Adoka being the Nets' new head coach? Man, <laughs> why'd you have to start there? Uh, oh, that's the be- that's the best he- that's the best headline this week. It's awesome. It's hilarious. Look, he started out there as an assistant, moves to Boston, gets us to the finals. To see him go back to the Nets, oh, it's disgusting. I don't even want to talk it's about so it really. Funny. But, damn, I don't know. It just sucks. It really does. I really liked Emmy. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Emmy's a great coach. Um, There's obviously some behind-the-scenes issues with Emmy um, that I think is a perfect fit for what's going on with the Nets right now. Um. Kyrie doesn't like yarmulkes. Uh, it's it's kind of just a fitting <laughs> match. No yarmulkes. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's a yeah. Steve Nash getting the hell out of there is interesting, but that Brooklyn franchise is in shambles, and they've got two all they've got two Hall of Fame players. It's a nightmare. It's it's really weird what's going on over there in Brooklyn, and I think I mean if anyone's gonna actually write the ship, it would probably be Ime. I just find it hilarious that. You know they they hired the guy with the off the court issues because that's the kind of franchise they are right now. Yeah. Um. Well, for the first time this uh, this year, I'm I, I am starting to get myself into the NBA season, watching a few more games, and uh, I did watch the entirety of the Suns Minnesota game, and I was pleased for what I saw. I liked. I kind of liked what was going on on both sides of the ball. Um, it was interesting watching Gobert uh, again because I I just have a knack for watching whenever he's awful. Um, so it was it was really man. funny watching uh, watching that game. He he is a constant seller. Um, I hate Mr. Gobert. Um, and Gobert. It, I have a lot of question marks. 
there's a lot of question marks with that offense. Um, in the post-game press conference, uh, when they were asking Anthony Edwards about uh, his dunking ability, I, I do think there is some truth um, that the, the paint's kind of clogged. Uh, he's not getting as many opportunities to, uh, to go in the paint because of Gobert there. Um, and, you know, I don't think dunks are a huge thing because he's had plenty of layups. So uh, both were two points, not a big deal. But, you know, they're getting they're getting their footing. They're adjusting to what they are in their offense, and it's uh, kind of cool to see. Hey, Peter, you State. watched that game, right? Yeah, I mean, it was – yeah, Rudy Gobert is the reason I have a strained relationship with the French. Um, that dude just makes me angry. Um, yeah. And then Ant Edwards, man, he's a great player, but he's just having a tough time. Cause yeah, you have the two, you got the twin towers down there on the blocks with between cat and go bear. And it's just like, it's nobody's knocking them down on ironically. It's just like, it's, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I could have thought of a better term for that, but it really like those dudes are destroying it down there. And they had eight and out last night. They got, uh, the sun's got the, um, what the hell's his name? Uh, the Australian kid, Landlale, who's a really big fan favorite, and he's doing great down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Minnesota could be better than they are. Uh, Suns look great. Their bench depth is great. Um, Suns are coming off hot. Uh, and then on the opposite side of the West, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers just pulled off their second win uh, in an overtime three-point win against the Pelicans about two minutes ago. Wow. Um, Lakers are garbage. Um, No, they're back now. That's all they need. They're back, obviously. Obviously. I mean, the only other two shockers in the West right now to me are the Jazz, who are six and three, and the Trailblazers, who are five and two currently. The second and third seed in the West right now. Um... Did, did you see Markinen's numbers on the Jazz? Markinen is incredible right now for the Jazz. He's playing like an all-star for them. He is balling. It's a hilarious. It's it's remarkable. And then flip side the East, you got the Cavs at six and or what are they? They're six and one behind well, an undefeated legit. seven and zero oh Milwaukee squad. Now, dude, the cat the Cavs are really really good. That trade for Donovan Mitchell changed everything. The trade for Donovan Mitchell had so much value. I understand that they gave up three first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell, but in their core group of guys, he's their oldest guy, and he's, what, 24? Like, that that trade had so much value. Those three picks are going to be late value picks, and they're contenders to me. I think they look awesome. Like, they're, they're they're so fun. I'm so happy that Cleveland is good. Uh, like they're they're a really fun squad. Yeah, they just beat the Celtics tonight. Thanks for bringing those dumbasses up. I'm gonna vomit. Yeah, um, Cleveland's two and zero against Boston, who's a great squad. Like uh, they've got it figured out. I don't understand it, but they look great. Um, the Bulls are five and four. They're the current six seed. Um, Philly just lost to somebody not good tonight. Who is it? Um, Washington. They lost by 10 to the Wizards in Philly. Um, I don't know. NBA is just kind of topsy-turvy, but we're seeing some of these big off-season moves uh, working out really well for these guys. Yeah, nothing has changed with the Bucks either. 7-0. Good for Beth them. Taxes, Giannis, Atetekonupo. It's an Anemanuko. Giannis is still him. They're they're still top two teams in the uh, top two team in the league, and probably not two. They're they're really good. They're really really good. And uh, before I say anything further, I'd like to apologize for my Timberwolves comment. That analogy was off the dome and out of pocket. Um, but the sentiment stands that those dudes are immovable down there, and teams are going to have to figure out what to do with those guys. It's okay. We forgive you. I accept your apology. Thank you. Any other team highlights that you guys wanted to discuss from uh, 
and hoop talk or uh, or are you guys ready to wrap it up um i think that just about does it for uh, for good. me at least all right well thank you gentlemen for joining me once again for great episode of trust your gut uh, I'm excited to see y'all at the window tomorrow uh, with our squad ride caching. Uh, odds aren't too terrible, so I'm kind of I kind of have hopes for this one. You know, not it's not bad. Yeah, let's get, not let's too give bad. ourselves a reason to get into this uh, this BS game tomorrow, and let's have a good time, fantasy or otherwise. Oh Fantastic. yeah! Well, as always, gentlemen, thank you very much, and I shall see you at the window. Dessert. Oh,